You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Fourth and ten, ball game on the line. Green's pass, caught, wow. and look out, it's Clement, he might score, he wow. does score, touchdown West Virginia. 15 pass completions in a row, this will be his last and it's for the football game, if he can get it off, for the end zone, tipped, and he caught it, wow. it's touchdown, holy Toledo. Jackson does it again. How about that? Complete uh, chaos in Houston last night. College football. Two touchdowns scored in the final seconds. It looked like West Virginia had won the game when they scored uh, in, let's see how much time was left. Um, It was the final seconds. I want to say maybe around 20 seconds to go in the game. I'm going to look it up for you to be sure. Uh, No, take take that back. It was uh, 12 seconds to go (laughs) in the game. West Virginia scores to take a 39-35 lead. The game should be over, right? That's another reason I think I'm glad A&M didn't get a crack at a Hail Mary. Anything can happen. These Hail Marys... You got a lot of hands down there. The ball gets tipped around, and I'm I'm just telling you, man, weird things happen. Somehow, Houston, in 12 seconds, wins the game. On a Hail Mary, Stephon Johnson, a 49-yard reception from Donovan Smith after Gary Green had hit Hudson Clement on a 50-yard touchdown for West Virginia. What a way to head into the weekend. 41-39, the Houston Cougars take down the West Virginia Mountaineers in one of the all Timers. That's what I'm saying. When it comes to college football, if there's a second on the clock, weird things can happen. Welcome in, everybody, to the Gary Harris Show, the TGIF edition. I'm Gary Harris. Justin Jones is with me. Manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the first domain condominiums hotline at 205-342-9904. It's the TGIF edition. You know what that means. We're going to have a lot of fun. We are going to play some really good music, and we're going to get you ready for the weekend. First, though, I have to tell you, as always, this hour of the Gary Harris Show, brought to you by Alabama Credit Union, member-owned and not-for-profit. It's just a better way of banking. Find out more right now at alabamacu.com, and roll tide and show your pride. Apply now for the official credit card of the UA Alumni Association, Alabama Credit Union. Loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and feel good about your money. And put a little extra change in your pocket. All right, here's what we got on tap for you today. At 9.30, we're going to talk Bama and Arkansas from the Arkansas perspective. Gordon Compuris, who I used to work with in TV business years ago and uh, is a native of Arkansas and lived there most of his life and follows the Hogs as closely as anyone. He's going to talk to us about this game, also about whether or not he thinks Sam Pittman is going to make it and what Arkansas needs to do to uh, be competitive and have a chance to get back to Atlanta. They haven't been since Houston Nutt was the coach, and they've only been one time. 
But they have made it, something Ole Miss has never done, or A&M. Of course, A&M's been in the league shorter period of time. But we'll get the scoop on Arkansas from Gordon Computers at 930. Then at 1030, it's the Auburn Report with Brett Pritchard as the Tigers get ready to try to pull an upset down on the bayou this weekend against LSU. All right, also, of course, it's Bama football trivia. And as I said yesterday, we're going to give away this incredible print, special edition by... Steve Skipper, signed by Eddie Lacy. It is, if I say so myself, absolutely phenomenal. And it's something that um, we've continued to do, courtesy of T-Town Menswear, T-Town Gallery, and the University Mall. And today it's the process unleashed. Alabama 42, Notre Dame 14 from the national championship game down the Orange Bowl following the 2012 season. It's numbered, it's signed by the artist and by Eddie Lacy underneath the print. On, and it's um, only 50 of these that are signed and numbered like this. You've got an opportunity to win one of them. You've got an opportunity to win 13 of 50. Lucky 13 on Friday the 13th. How about that? Not a coincidence. You got an opportunity to win number 13 of 50, only 50 of these that are special edition, signed and numbered by the artist and Eddie Lacy. It's Eddie Lacy ripping through that Notre Dame defense. Remember Alabama up 28 to nothing. What a lot of people don't remember is Notre Dame was unbeaten. Alabama had a loss. Remember they had the Johnny Manziel loss that year, unfortunately. And we're talking about Georgia on this run. I was talking with somebody yesterday. Alabama probably should have gone undefeated in 2011, 2012, and 2013. Think about the losses they had. 2011, it was the 9-6 game in overtime to LSU, a game that I thought Alabama outplayed LSU. 2012, it was the Johnny Manziel game. Still, Alabama was down at the goal line at the end of the game. thought Doug Nussmeyer, the offensive coordinator, did a terrible job of calling plays down there. And in 2013, it was the kick six. That's the only thing that kept Alabama from that period of time going 42-0 and in those three seasons. Three very peculiar losses. That's how dominant that Alabama team was at that time period. And in fact, 2013, they get kicked sixth or else um, they would have won the national championship. I have no doubt they would have beat Florida State and that would have been three in a row. But that happens. The next year in 2014, they got beat by uh, Ohio State in the first college football playoff. 2015, they win it. 2016, lost in the final seconds. I can go on and on. 2017, they won it. I've talked about this before. There was a stretch there where Alabama could have won seven or eight national championships in a row, legitimately. But we're going to give away this print today that... uh, Remembers that 2012 National Championship team, the process unleashed. You can see it on my Twitter page. If you go to at Gary Harris underscore WVUA, you can see it there and follow me while you're there. Also, my Gary Harris WVUA 23 Facebook page. So we're going to do that in the second hour. In fact, uh, Justin, do you want to, uh, how do we like, I can't remember, do we like doing it when we have a guest or is it easier to do it when we don't have a guest? Probably easier with a guest. All right, we'll do it at 10.30 then. We'll have Brett Pritchard. All right, the contest, the Memo Trivia Contest will come at 10.30, and we'll do it the entire segment. And then in the final segment, we'll come back. We'll give you the answer to the question. And then, of course, we'll do the roulette wheel, computerized roulette wheel, and draw for our winner. And again, I ask you, if you've already won this year, please don't call in and answer the question because we are tracking the winners and we want to give everybody an opportunity to win. So if you won in the last few weeks or you won last week, 
uh, give other people an opportunity. And remember, download the app. You can answer the question on the app. And I'll get to know in here in a little bit to tell you exactly how you do that again. A little refresher course. So um, anyway, we're going to have a lot of fun today on the program. All right, some news and notes. We're not going to do headlines, but we will tell you it's over for the Braves. I told you yesterday I thought it was going to be over. They just flat out got outplayed and didn't hit. Maybe there's a lot of reasons for that. Pitching injuries at the end of the season. Offensively, I don't know what happened. Maybe it was the layoff. A lot of people are talking about the fact that the Dodgers got swept. Um the Orioles got swept, 101 teams. The Brave, Braves won more games than anybody in baseball, and they lost in four games and could have easily been swept. Had a miracle comeback in game two just to get one win. Uh, last night had chances, only lost three to one. <clears throat> Strider did his job, but Braves had base running errors. They couldn't get the big hit. Uh, the center fielder for the Phillies made a nice catch on a, on a shot off of Acuna's bat with the bases loaded. I think that was in the seventh. Like it might get down. If it had gotten down, it would clear the bases. The Braves probably would have won the game, but uh, it wasn't meant to be. And this this playoff baseball now has turned into uh, a nightmare for division winners and teams that had great regular seasons. And just a second opportunity, <clears throat> house money, if you will, for these uh, wild card teams or these third division winners that have don't get to buy. It's just been like uh, you know you've got National League and American League Championship Series this year. Did you know this, Justin? It's the lowest total of combined wins for championship series in the history of Major League Baseball. You know you know that the Diamondbacks, I think, only have like 84 wins. No, the one thing I will say, Gary, about last night is I'm not much of a baseball guy, but that great, that game was great TV. I loved watching it. It was entertaining it was drama. moment to moment. And, yeah, and the drama was there. Absolutely. Tons of drama in that game. And uh, good. It looks like... Uh, Twitter X, whatever it is, is back loading correctly now because I'm trying to get my lineup out. And, uh, again, you can see that print at Gary Harris underscore WVUA on Twitter. So we're ready to go this morning. Uh, Braves are done. Bama cranking up the SEC football weekend coming up. Uh, homecoming for the Crimson Tide. Tomorrow it's going to be early. Uh, parade is going to be at 7 a.m. Game at 11 a.m. So we are ready to go. I tell you what, let's go ahead and uh, get to our break. We've got Corey and Joseph ready to go on the First and Main Condos hotline. It's 9-13 on Friday the 13th. Don't let it. Don't let it get to you. It's Friday the 13th, but you got a chance to win number 13 of 50 special edition national championship prints from Steve Skipper featuring Eddie Lacy, The Process Unleashed. How about that? So we're going to have a big time. We'll come back with phone calls, talk Alabama, Arkansas from the Arkansas perspective with Gordon Compuris at 930. A lot of good weekend music. Gary Harris, Justin Jones, Noah Haynes is running around as well. We got you covered on a Friday the 13th right here on the Gary Harris Show. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients. As much as industry has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. 
order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy and cool today and tonight. Only a slight chance of a shower. The high today, 68. The low tonight, 60. Tomorrow becoming mostly sunny. The high, 76. Sunday, much cooler. Cloudy at times. A few sprinkles possible. The high, 63. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 65 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of The Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide But it's a Friday the 13th weekend, so be leery in a Halloween month. So a little Michael Jackson thriller. Great call, Justin, to get us back into the Gary Harris Show. It's 917, and uh, we've got the phone lines ready to roll. We've got to Corey and then Joseph to lead us off. Corey over in Trustful. Hey, good morning, Corey. Good morning, Gary. How are you this morning? Doing all right, my friend. Well, you know, the Braves losing here is not a surprise. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Regular season uh, kings and and postseason bust more times than not. And as I I said earlier in the week, I got into it with some guy on Twitter after they lost game one. He was I said they're built for the regular season. And he he just went at me and went at me and went at me. Well, we saw more evidence of that. 104 wins against a team that they outdistanced by 14 games, and they go into the NLDS and get their get clocked, get their you know get just absolutely hammered by the Phillies. So, you know, say what you want. It's amazing. You can win 21 division titles since 1991, including 14 in a row at one time in the 90s into the 2000s. I think they've won six in a row now and only have two World Series championships. I I, I know some teams don't have any, but the Marlins have as many as the Braves. Let that soak in for a minute. I'm sorry to cut you off there, Corey, but I'm, yeah, I'm ticked off about the Braves' lack of postseason productivity. Does that mean they're probably one of the most overrated postseason teams? I I think in the postseason, yeah. I I think to be as good as they have been, as often as they've been good over the last 30 years, and have a team like the Miami Marlins, who are bad more than they're good, have as many World Series championships as you do. Yeah, the Braves are a great organization, great clubhouse. Over the course of a long season, they are uh, outstanding more times than not. But I think Brian Snitker's a lot like his mentor, Bobby Cox. They just don't adjust to short series. Postseason baseball is completely different. I know they won it a couple of years ago, but that team that won it 
was a team that won, I think, maybe 86 games. Uh, you know, but these teams that have won 98 and 100 and 104 and 105 games, they've fallen flat more times than not. In fact, the Braves have never had one of their 101 teams win the World Series. And th- th- yesterday, well, this season, which it's a complete waste. I mean, you have one of the most all-time greatest teams in baseball fall flat on their face to their rival, and that's got to... Oh, it stings. It's just sting. And, and not only did the Phillies beat them, but they punked them, too. After RCS comment about Harper in game two got out, the Phillies just the Phillies just taunted the Braves, I thought. I mean, they just, they just, they just, they, they, you know, kind of an old wrestling term. They beat them and they made them like it. You know, they just, they just, they just beat them and they rubbed it in their face and they enjoyed every minute of it. And like I said, they cleaned their clock. So if you're in Atlanta, um, you know, just another long off season to, to think about. Thank goodness they did win it a couple of years ago as one of their more weaker teams. And because if not, we'd still be talking about the '95 national uh, uh, world championship team. You know, nearly 30 years later. So but at least the, they got at least they got one a couple of years ago. The way the Phillies play, it's kind of wish I wait. Kind of the way I wish Alabama would start playing, make teams like it. You know, because it's what Alabama used to do. Well, then maybe they will. I mean, uh, they're, you know, they're coming around, Corey. We've talked about it all week. This Alabama team seems to be finding its identity. It seems to be a team that um, uh, is getting a little more physical. And even though people keep talking about they didn't run the ball last week, I still thought the offensive line uh, held up well in, in pass protection. And, and tomorrow they got a chance to, to go out here at home on a homecoming game and, and make a statement against a team that has nothing to lose. So uh, we'll see how Alabama handles it. But uh, but I like this team right now. And I got to eat a little crow. Uh, I picked A&M to win. Well, I did too. <laughs> but Alabama uh, surprised me. Uh, Jalen Miller played really well. Uh, uh, defense played outstanding. Uh, special teams did its thing. And uh, I was very proud of the way Alabama played against A&M. Now, was it perfect? No. Too many penalties, um, one of them unnecessarily called. I mean, uh, the the blind side block. But Alabama did what they had to do, and uh, now they got a real chance to put it on Arkansas and uh, go into the third Saturday, third Saturday of October with some real momentum. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, man. Need to need to come out tomorrow against a team that you're a big favorite. Uh, you know, all of a sudden Alabama's back in the more accustomed role of being the big favorite instead of kind of being a, a, an underdog in some people's eyes, the way they were against Ole Miss and, and A&M. I know they were the betting favorites in both those games, but a lot of people felt like they would lose. Now everybody's kind of back, oh, tomorrow's going to be easy. It won't be easy. This Arkansas team's very competitive. Hey, great stuff, Corey. Have a terrific weekend, my friend. You too, Gary. Roll Tide. All right, Corey. Good to hear from you. All right, we'll keep it rolling with Joseph, and then we'll get to Bryce. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning, Gary. How you doing? Man? Doing all right, man. Well, bud, it's kind of a bad morning for me. I was really hoping the Braves to pull one out. Nah, I told you I'm- yesterday. Didn't I tell you yesterday? You could see that one coming a mile away. They had... Uh, they had been rocked by the Phillies. I don't know if you could say you lost their confidence, but they, they just weren't hitting at all. And last night, couldn't get the big hit. Um, and then Pilar had the base running blunder when he could have scored. Uh, I know he didn't want to make the first out at home plate, but he just scored easily there. He was halfway down the line. And, and uh, you know, then in the ninth inning, uh, I don't know, bringing up that rookie uh, with the final out on the, you know, you get first and third with nobody out. You're in position to to um, tie the game up, and 
you get a two pop outs and a, and a strikeout to end the game. Couldn't even get one run home, you know? So that, that just kind of epitomized the series. First and third, nobody out in the top of the ninth and couldn't even get a run home. So, you know, I'm over it. I'm over it. You know, I've, I've accepted the Braves, you know, going to win a world championship. They came to Atlanta in 66. They won it in 95. That was 29 years. Uh, then the 95, it took them until... 2021, which was another just about the same amount of time. So they're going to win a World Series every 25, 30 years, Joseph, the way it looks like to me. So get ready. They should be due for another one in about uh, 2046, somewhere in there, okay? Well, um, well, Gary, I mean, when Ronald Acuna come up with two outs, I watched this, and uh, like, like you said, they had a guy on first and third. They had and bases like, loaded. Actually, had the bases loaded when he came up. And uh, we're talking about the ball that he hit <laughs> into the gap, and the guy made the nice, Rojas made the nice catch. I think it was Rojas. I told, I told, I texted him. I said that was their chance to win the game right there. Yeah, it was. You're right, hundred percent. If that ball gets but, down, the base because it was two outs, so they would have been running. If that ball gets down, you uh, you clear the uh, you clear the bases and you take the lead, and you probably uh, you probably probably win the game. I, I you know I can't say that for sure, but I think they might have won the game. But doesn't matter now. They didn't get it didn't get but, down, and then the ninth, like I said, you got first and third with nobody out, and you couldn't even get one run home, much less two. Well, so. What does the Braves need to do to become a better baseball team? I just, mean, just perform better in the postseason. I mean, there's not a lot you can do to get better when you lead the major league and wins, and you won 104 games. You ran away with your division, beat the Phillies by 14 games. But when you got in the postseason, it was just like, you know, the Phillies were energized and ready to go, and the Braves were, you know, not the same team. So maybe you need to do what they did two years ago. Maybe you need to win 80-something games, find a way to get in the playoffs, and then go go win it. I don't know. To answer your question, Joseph, it's very frustrating, though it is, and um, but you know it's that's that's the interesting thing in sports, man. You you want to win, you want to have great regular seasons and put yourself in position, but if you don't finish it off in the postseason, who'd you rather be right now, the Phillies or the Braves? Of course, you'd rather be the Phillies. You know they they won. You know what was it? I don't know, ninety games, something like that. And the Braves won one hundred and four. But the Phillies are still playing. The Braves are at home. So you'd rather be the Phillies. So the key is to get into the postseason and then do something with it. Uh, you got the Diamondbacks. I think they've got 84 wins, Joseph. So these the Dodgers with 100-plus wins, the Braves plus 100-plus wins, the Orioles with 100-plus wins, and they're all at home. So maybe the, key is just to, maybe the key is just to get into the postseason with 80-something wins and then do some damage. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, be honest with you, Gary, I think, I think the manager messed up during, during – he did not. He did not manage a good game. Brian Snicker did not have a good series or a good game. Hundred percent. He he changed the bat lineup. He totally changed the bat lineup. Yeah, he, he didn't have. He didn't have. He didn't have a good series. He really didn't. And um, but you know, all you can do now is is wait until next year. That seems to be the Braves' motto, uh, other than t- twice in the last thirty. Two years that they've won 21 division titles, only one time have they, and they've been in the playoffs more than that because they won as a wild card a couple of times. So uh, they've been in the postseason well over 20 times in the last little more than 30 years, and they've only got two times that they won their last game. So that's disappointing. I mean, but what hope do you have, man, when you when the Braves have a year like they had? You'd be like, well, that go, man. I mean, what hope do you have for next year? I'm like, you sitting there thinking, well, golly, if we can't win a World Series this year, when can we win a World Series? Well, like I said, they happened. Same thing happened in the '90s. All those great teams, they only won one. So, as I said, they're due to win another one in about you know 25 years. So, be patient. Hey, what do you think about the game tomorrow? Give me a score prediction. Uh, I'm going. 
say probably 38 to 14. All right. Probably. All and, right, Joseph. Uh, have a good weekend. I got to get to one more call, buddy. Good to hear from you as always. All right, let's get to Bryce before we round out this segment and go to the break. Good morning, Bryce. Hey, Gary. How are you? Good to hear from you, man. Been a while. Well, yeah, I know uh, my work schedule. I'm out in Dallas right now, and I, I'm at my uh, uh, my granddaughter just turned a year old yesterday. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have a little party for her tomorrow. Well, congratulations! You seen the Cowboys since you've been out I, there? Uh, I, I hope to see him, and I'm gonna slap him around about last week. <laughs> he went to the game, and he didn't. Uh, I didn't slap him around on the phone. Uh, he went to the game, and he was a non-believer. And I told him we would win, but I wouldn't. I couldn't predict no score. Okay, well, you My you're... brother-in-law's a big Aggie fan, so I'm looking forward to my, my ex-brother-in-law. I'm okay. Uh, he's a big Aggie. I'm looking forward to seeing him tomorrow, too. Well, good deal. Uh, hey, but, uh, you know, uh, I just think we need to go out there and bust them in the mouth and take care of business. This is homecoming. We need to show up and hope that we can get uh, the other quarterbacks some snaps, you know. Mm-hmm. But we never know what's going to happen, you know. No, you don't know. You that's know, why. That's why you play the game. That's you know, why Ty needs need some snaps. You know, we need one ready to go. The well, if they get an opportunity, I agree with you. At the same time, you can't, you can't, you can't bring a guy in to get snaps when you're in a game going down the wire. So, well, uh, I, I understand that, but I'm talking about if we take care of business. Hopefully we can. Well, I'm sure so if they if they have a big lead, we are, but... yeah, if they if they can get a big lead and and have a comfortable uh, situation, I'm sure they'll get you know get him in and let him let him play some. But you got to get that big lead first. You know, in the last uh, few games, it's been you know they've been just trying to win the game. So <laughs> you know, it's like Saban but said before. Better than improving, they're going the right direction, and I, uh, this team is is finally playing together. Yeah, I agree with you. Offense. I like I like this team. I like what they're doing. I like the way they're playing, and and got to you know got to keep it going. Just got to string some wins together. And Melrose uh, is, is is really uh is really uh, stepped his game up, and I'm real proud of him what he's been doing. You I, know? I think most fans are. I think most fans now kind of believe in him, and I think it's his team and his teammates believe in him. He's just got to keep getting better, and this team's got to keep getting better, and we'll see where they can go, Bryce. Maybe they maybe they can get to Atlanta and then get in that f- playoff. You know. Yep. Well, uh, an- another thing, real quick, uh, uh, Coach Wimp, he picked Liberty in a ball game, and and I, I, every other week, me and another guy, we, we we switch pick games, and at the end of the year, it's just for fun. Whoever's got the most wins, uh, you know, the point spread and everything, uh, buys the other uh, dinner. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've been riding Liberty every chance I get, man. They pay for it every week and covered, man. Well, they're undefeated, and, you know, they went into yeah. Jacksonville State this week and at 10-10 at the half, and they wound up winning at 30. Oh, I saw that. One to yeah, 13. I picked them again. Yeah. Well, right, right, right. Ride that horse I've until it. I've been riding them. I'm a, yeah. yeah. I, I know what is the good, who they got that coach. They went out and got them another coach. The, the, the Jamie, uh, that Jamie guy that was at uh, – Coast of Carolina. Jamie Chadwick. Yeah. 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 After yeah. freeze left. Coach. Yeah, absolutely can. Absolutely can. He's doing he's doing the job. So hey, good to hear from you, Drew. Straight no cowboy out out there, okay? I will and then slap him around and get him believing again. All right, brother. Have a good weekend. Hey, thanks, Gary. Thank you, Bryce. Good to hear from you. All right, it's 930. we got to get the break. We'll come back and we'll talk uh, Alabama, Arkansas with uh, our Arkansas guest, Gordon Compuris. We'll break it all down next right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. This is the Gary Harris Show. Built to win. Touchdown, Alabama! 
Built for championships. Throws intercepted Alabama. Built by Bama. Alabama is still Alabama. The Crimson Tide play here. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide take on Arkansas in an SEC showdown. Our coverage begins at 8 a.m. on your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse. BirminghamRacecourse.com. You can be a winner, too. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. You know, it's Friday around here, so we get that weekend music, and we like to theme it up sometimes. You know, Adam Amin from Fox Sports is normally in this slot. And, of course, Adam's a Chicago guy, so we do uh, Saturday in the Park by Chicago. But uh, he's not able to be with us this morning. He's on on assignment. So we've got uh, Gordon Compuris filling in out of Little Rock, Arkansas. Gordon and I crossed paths in the TV business years ago, and he stayed in the communication business. He's now a communications specialist with uh, Axicom, a global marketing uh, company. He's the content manager, but I don't know anybody that loves the Hogs. There may be people that love them as much as Gordon, but I don't know anybody that loves them any more than Gordon Compuris. And I know this run of 16 losses in a row to Alabama, or maybe maybe more than that. I know saving 16. I know I know it's been painful for him, but we wanted to get him on this morning. Hey, you're filling in for a national play-by-play broadcaster in Adam Amin, so you need to turn up the volume this morning, Gordon. Good morning. Absolutely. You upgraded, man. You upgraded. Well, I know. I, I think that's safe to say you uh, called me to pick on me. Yeah, well, no, no. I listen. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this right now. I'm giving Arkansas a lot of respect. I, I like what Sam Pittman said this week. Hey, it may not look at like it to the out, um, outside world because everybody's focused on record, but we're a pretty good football team. He's right. They are. Could have beaten Ole Miss. Maybe should have beaten LSU. Hung in against A and M. Now the game at home, yeah, the loss to, to Brigham Young. A and M whipped us all over the board. All right. Well, anyway, you're, you're you're a pretty good football team. You're a capable football team, is what I say. And uh, I, I, won't, I won't disagree with that. You're coming in here to Tuscaloosa as a as a big underdog, but you know, at this point, I will say it. Really, nothing to lose other than the game, and so why not let it all hang out? I think Arkansas will play loose and. I know a couple years ago, even though they lost the game, K.J. Jefferson had a huge game here in 2021 against Bryce in Alabama. So maybe that gives them a little confidence. How do you see this matchup? You know, I think Pittman's going to have them ready to play. Uh, I don't. I think they still want to play for him. I think the team uh, still has a lot of fight in them. Um, you know, I think our biggest struggle this year clearly has been the offense. Uh, more specifically, the offensive line is, is really getting a lot of heat. I think a lot of Razorback fans have, have uh, are just baffled as to how we can go from having a pretty decent offensive line in the past, in the recent past to having terrible offensive line right now. Uh, and then, ironically, you know, last year our big concern was defense, and, and now our defense is, you know, pretty okay. It's not terrible. Um, you know, I think we're going to have to. Um, somehow find a way to stop Alabama's defense, uh, stop that, you know, the pressure and um, uh, find a way to open some holes for our running back, uh, Rocket Sanders and H, uh, you know, we got two or three running backs uh, that are halfway decent. Rocket Sanders is the most heralded, of course. Um, we've got some decent receivers. Uh, last year we didn't, now we do. Um, 
so I, I think they'll be ready. I think there's a chance. I think what last time I checked, there was 20. Arkansas was a 20-port under, underdog, something like that, 19-and-a-half, something like that. I I, I get it. Um, I, I, that doesn't surprise me. Um, I think we'll cover. Uh, I'll say that. I don't think we're going to win, but I think we'll cover. When you look at this team, and I'm, I'm with you on Pittman, man. He he came in. He seemed to, you know, get the fan base enthused after that Chad Morris fiasco. And let's just call it what it was. That was a debacle. I mean, from the yeah, minute they hired that. PTSD for that. Yeah, you know, the minute they hired that guy, I'm like, what are you doing? But anyway, you bring Pittman in. He's got the experience as a, as a top-notch offensive line coach, uh, you know, what he was able to do at Georgia, and he comes in, he's down to earth, he's got Arkansas ties, he, he, he fits the fan base, and really the results were encouraging. And then you go into this season, you've got a veteran quarterback, a guy who's a playmaker. Uh, this was not the expectation that this team was going to be 2-4 and four and 0-3 oh and in the league at this point, was it, Gordon? Not at all. I think, you know, I really think that we, 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 the average fan, myself included, you know, thought we would win at least two more games maybe um i think the you know we we lost to ellis on the road we lost to a&m in dallas we lost to Ole miss last weekend in oxford none of those three losses are all that surprising the byu game in fayetteville the, the the first in those last four games that we've lost that was a shock i think that one really bothers a lot of us i'm sure it bothers the coaching staff and the players uh, but, yeah, I think we thought we could win at least one of those other three I just mentioned um, and, you know, stand with about, you know, have a, two, have a similar record to Alabama right now. You have to be wondering, too, what the SEC – of course, I guess Jerry Jones plays a role in this uh, as well, getting that A&M-Arkansas game in Arlington every year, which, let's be honest, it's more like a road game for Arkansas. But you played at LSU, at Ole Miss – a&M in Arlington, and now you're at Alabama. You don't get an SEC home game until next week. I mean, what? Now, I know the schedule's backloaded yeah. with a lot of home games, but still, what in the world happened there? I don't know. I don't know. It just is what it is. I think you just take it as, as it comes. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to string some wins together. I'm, you know, I think at this point, we're, we're looking a good season this year would be to get to six wins, get to a minor bowl game. Um, I, I, I don't think the average fan is going to be terribly – I mean, we'll be disappointed, but I think that'll be okay given the start, you know. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, I think we might be – there's a there's a decent chance we can get to six wins. Gordon Computers with us talking Arkansas football as the uh, Hogs come in here as a 20-point underdog against Alabama on the Crimson Tide's homecoming. The 11 a.m. kick, I, I always, and you've seen it there in Fayetteville. Um, listen, you you know, it's still on the home team's, you know, it's their responsibility to get their fans ready to go. It's going to be homecoming. They have a homecoming parade at 7 o'clock in the morning. I think the lineup's going to start at 5. But if you're a visiting team, I've always felt like if you get to go to these SEC campuses and play at 11 a.m., it is to your advantage. So that's, I think, one advantage for Arkansas would you agree I you know it certainly doesn't hurt us um I, I think I, you know Gary I think uh I think uh, coach Saban alluded to this earlier in the week but I, I, what I'm counting on is that the Alabama players will be distracted by the uh, eclipse at about noon and, uh, <laughs> hey, I'm, maybe I said what do you do that. what do you do if they're if they're putting and you're looking up to catch a putt and you can't exactly. see it exactly <laughs> 
that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping they'll be they'll be distracted. Maybe those uh, your receivers will get distracted, and our defensive backs will uh, be able to get one or two. The Alabama series, um, and we used to kid a lot about it because at one time it was a it was a very it was a very competitive series. And uh, when Houston Nutt was there, uh, Arkansas had a mm-hmm. had a lot of um, um, success against Alabama. And you you know and 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 you bring Saban in. I think everybody in the league knew what was coming, but you bring Petrino into Arkansas, and and you've. I mean, you never could have foreseen losing 16 in a row, could you? To anybody. Saban is Saban. <laughs> I mean, Saban is Saban. I don't think anybody can, can go up to go up against Nick Saban and just assume you're going to win that one. Uh, yes, but no, 16 in a row is pretty shocking. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's been more like 20 since been we've won in tuscaloosa if i were, i was looking at stats this morning uh so yeah i mean both of those stats are kind of surprising and unfortunate on from our our perspective i'll tell you one thing uh gary i was i'm hoping to for for something like the nine five game in tuscaloosa uh i was that I, I will say that the the one and only time i've actually been in tuscaloosa for an arkansas alabama game uh, if you recall, we won that mm-hmm, Arkansas won that game twenty to nineteen last 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 uh, second play. Uh, I think our, I think our, our boy Danny Ford was coaching then, wasn't he, Gordon? Danny Ford was the coach. Yeah, he was. A, I believe he was. Don't oh, wait a minute. Was it Danny Ford or may have been uh, Joe Kynes? I think it may have been Joe. Kynes. Oh, I mean Joe Kynes getting his stint. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I think he might have been the interim coach there. But, um, but yeah, anyway, I was there. That I'll tell you a funny quick story. It won't take but a second. After the game, you know, I'm, I'm leaving the stadium. I'm ex- excited as I've ever been. We just beat Alabama on the road in Tuscaloosa. I pick up my cell phone and call my dad, which in and of itself is not that, you know, no big deal, right? I just come to, to, to relish in the moment. But what's interesting, that was, this is how long ago this was, Gary. That was the very first time I'd ever made a long-distance cell phone call. <laughs> My gosh. Yeah, that's that's how long ago. 28 years ago. 28 years ago. Wow. Well, I'm looking on the... Um I'm looking on the all-time series between the two because I forgot that uh, Alabama had to, you know, 2005 won on the field but had to vacate it. You got to go back to, I think, 2004, the last time Arkansas won the game on the field. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's right. Wow, that's 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 19 years. <laughs> that's, a, that's a long time. Like since. I said, you just you just call. Pick on me, man. That's, that's a long time since y'all <laughs> called the Hogs. Uh, what do you what, what do you think the Razorbacks need to do tomorrow to have a shot? I mean, you know, first thing I always say this about <clears throat> underdogs, particularly on the road, and and I said it about South Florida, and and they did it. And of course, Alabama yeah. was at that time not knowing what they were going to do with their quarterbacks. But if you're to me, if you're a, say a twenty point underdog, I always think you just approach it. And I've never heard a coach say this, but I like one to just say it. It's one. It's a it's a thirty minute game. The first thing you do is you yeah. just say, hey, we got to be in it at halftime. You know, you got you can't right. be out of the game at halftime. If you're in it at halftime, then you get in the locker room. And you say, "Hey, we did it for half. We can beat this team." So I think the That's key right. is 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 you know you're you're either tied or in the lead or not down by say more than ten points. That's the first key, yeah. and then get it the second yeah. half. What do you think they they need to do to have a shot? Maybe in the fourth yeah, quarter, to look up, be in the game. Exactly, we got to get it to the fourth quarter and you know keep it within one score. Or so 
Uh, offensively, we you know we got to find a way to stop the D line, Alabama's D line. That's a tall order, um, and, and one frankly we're likely to struggle with. Um, we we have, that's been our weakness. Uh, so unless they can figure out how to stop Alabama's defensive line, it's going to be a long day. Uh, defensively, um, you know, I expect we'll send some pressure and try to rattle uh, Milrow. Uh, force them to make some bad decisions. Maybe, maybe we'll get some turnovers. Our, um, our, uh, our um, uh, backfield, our defensive uh, uh, back secondary has had you know pretty pretty good success one on one situations. Uh, they're much better than they were last year. Um, so maybe if we can get to plus one, plus two in turnovers, uh, we'll be we'll be there in the in the fourth corner. I think special teams might plug into this uh we've got i think the best kicker in the sec uh and perhaps very arguably the best kicker arkansas's ever had in cam little uh we've got a strong punter uh max fletcher he's, he's just got a cannon for a leg um i will say look out on uh we have a great punt returner isaiah satania he's a wide receivers punt returner guys fast as a hiccup so special teams I really do think will play a significant role in the game. Um, like I said, expectations. I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a hog fan through and through. I do not expect us to to win the game. Uh, but you know, if if, if QB one KJ Jefferson has a big game, uh, makes some good decisions, doesn't turn the ball over, uh, I think we'll have got. Gordon, before we wrap it up, let me ask you about Sam Pittman's future. Uh, again, I think he's he's still very popular as a person with the with the Arkansas fan base, but fans want results. I mean, Arkansas is looking at and they're saying, "Hey, we yeah. got facilities. You know, we've we've got a commitment. It's not going to get easier with right. Oklahoma and Texas coming in the league. Uh, if this right. thing doesn't turn around this year, is he going to make it to next season?" Well, I mean, it depends on how you define turning around. Winning some, winning some games. Win. I mean, not going, not yeah, laying I mean, a goose egg in the SEC. Let's try that. <laughs> right. I don't. That'll. I think. Yeah. I think that might be the the end. Uh, if he doesn't, if he if he goose eggs in the SEC, it, you know, I think we get to six wins or even five wins. I think he's probably going to survive. Uh, the fans like him a lot. He's very popular. He's transparent. He's engaging. Uh, like you mentioned. We are really, really reluctant to go through another painful coaching transition. Still have, like I said, PTSD over Chad Morris. We still remember the John L. Smith days. So, um, so yeah, we don't want to go through that again. I, you know, I will tell you this: Sam Pittman is no Chad Morris. So, uh, I think most most Razorback fans will will agree with that. Um, I think he's. I think he will probably make it. Until uh, next year, at least. So we'll see. All right, my friend. Good to catch up. And um, I know you'll be watching on television up there in Little Rock, and I'll be at the game. And uh, maybe we can uh, recap it after well, some time. I after. appreciate it, man. I have followed your career from afar, and 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 have always been impressed with with folks who can stay in the broadcast industry as long as you have. You've had a great career. Good for you. Hey, I'll tell you this. Uh, next time I'm in Birmingham, my daughter Anna. Uh, Anna Russell and her husband Andrew Russell live down there. They work in the ministry there in Birmingham. Uh, next time I'm down there visiting, we need to get together and have lunch. And I, I'll buy you lunch if, you, if you'll if you'll go to Eugene Hot Chicken with me. That's I'll my do favorite it. Favorite place to eat in Birmingham. Uh, so I'll put a plug in for that joint. Um, but yeah, we'll have to hook up. Good talking to you, my friend. Yeah, we'll do that for sure. All right, Gordon. Have a great weekend.
All right, take care. Go Hawks. All right, Gordon Capuris with us talking Arkansas and uh, um, hopeful that Sam Pittman can get it turned around. I think they really like their coach. It's just, you know, he's got to win some games. All right, it's 949 this hour being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Reminder that the uh, YMCA of Tuscaloosa is right there, ready to go. In there yesterday working out, spoke to the Y men group, uh, men's group earlier in the week. Love the place. You'll love it too. Downtown Caddy Corner from the main post office. Get by and see him at the Y and get signed up and get on the road to uh, better health and wellness at the Y of Tuscaloosa. Right, we'll be back with Chris on the First and Main Condos hotline and get uh, ready to wrap up this first hour of the TG GIF edition rolls on right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Coming up, Coming up on the game with Ryan Fowler. Coming up on the Friday edition of the game, we'll do our SEC Parlay Pick Contest presented by Brian Harden Construction. We'll feature Rodney Orr. We'll feature Lee Sterling. We'll feature Brent Beard. All starting at 2 o'clock here on the game on Tide 100.9 and 1230 WTBC, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The longest running sports program in Tuscaloosa. The game with Ryan Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 2011 Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy and cool today and tonight. Only a slight chance of a shower. The high today, 68. The low tonight, 60. Tomorrow becoming mostly sunny. The high, 76. Sunday, much cooler. Cloudy at times. A few sprinkles possible. The high, 63. I'm James Spam of the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 67 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. One of my favorite weekend songs, Friday I'm in Love by The Cure, always our first hour getaway song. But before we get away for this first hour, we're going to jump out on the First of Main Condos hotline and talk to Chris. Good morning, Chris. Thanks for holding. Hey, Gary. How you doing? Doing great. Good, good, good. So I I, I just got this feeling that, you know, um, that this Arkansas game, uh, it's just seemed like a trap game. I mean, is that is that kind of your opinion? I mean, I, I think you're you know, always, Arkansas, yeah. Uh, yeah, Historically, I think Arkansas always plays Bama tough. You're you always <laughs> leery, I, th- I think, when you've had a little success and now you go from a team that everybody's questioning or a lot of people are questioning against Ole Miss, against A&M, back home, and now it's ho-hum. Arkansas comes in here. They haven't won a game in the SEC. They've only won two games. Yeah, I, I think, you know, whether you call it a trap game or, or, or whatever you refer to it as, yeah, I think it's a game where if you don't play well, you could look up in the fourth quarter and be in a dogfight. So I think this is yeah. a, a test of the Tide's maturity, Chris, to see how they handle kind of being back as the as the big dog. Yeah, I agree. And another game on the schedule that that kind of looks like this game is is Kentucky. You know, I mean, 
Uh, the, the, the Arkansas game and Kentucky game were two games that I've circled on this schedule going forward. Like, hey, these could be games that, that really kind of challenge us. I mean, don't write off the Hogs and certainly don't write off the Wildcats, you know. And, and, and another question I have, Gary, is why, why is this year's defensive personnel look so much better? Is it just because Steele is a better coordinator than Golding? I mean, I, I'm curious on your assessment. And I also want to get your feedback on the uh, the performance of Tommy Reese. I mean, maybe I'm a little critical, but Tommy Reese is, just, is, just isn't moving the needle for me. <laughs> All right, first on the defense, Chris, I think for one thing, a lot of these guys that are playing this year are a year older. Uh, I do think the system uh, with Kevin Steele, I think he's freeing these guys up. Uh, I think he's making it, and I, and I hate this when you say, you know, simplify, because that's not necessarily the truth. But I do think that right. uh, he's not throwing as much at them. He's trying to let them just play with more uh, abandon and, and not have as much in the defensive package. And I do think that the defensive right. line has gotten better, and that helps the back end. The back end now still at times this year has, you know, struggled – you know, the corners still struggle to get their head around on, on balls. But you're right. Overall, the defense is, is better. And and I do think you have to give Kevin still a lot of credit. I mean, he came in here as a veteran guy, his third time on the staff. And I think he just kind of brought a sense of just um, – consistency and performance and hey man we're gonna we're not gonna be all over the all over the map i mean golding had some games where the alabama's defense was really good uh and then they had some games where they were awful so i think now you seem to be a little more consistent on reese um chris I, i'm i'm yeah i think you're i think you're being a little harsh i i think that he has not performed the way that we probably would have liked to have seen him perform but i think he's growing into it if that makes any sense I, and i think yeah. that uh, i think too you know he did he did want to bring in Buckner. There's no doubt about it. That was his guy. And I think that probably for a while, he wanted Buckner to be the quarterback. Now they know that's not going to happen. I think he has come to the conclusion, as obviously Coach Saban has, that Jalen Milrow is our best quarterback for this team. And now they're building everything around Jalen Milrow. And I think that's going to make Reese a better offensive coordinator. Yeah, I, I, I would I would agree. You know, I mean, with my – my issue with Reese is that sometimes he seems a little vanilla, but I think you're spot on, you know, with maybe he's building around the personnel that Saban's kind of put his foot down and said, hey, Jalen's our guy. And uh, now they're kind of building around Jalen. I appreciate it, Gary. You have a wonderful, wonderful day. Appreciate your show. Thank you, Chris. Good to hear from you. That's going to wrap it up for the first hour. The Cure is going to get us out of here. This hour has been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. We're back with hour number two. We'll have the Auburn Report with Brett Pritchard at 1030. Also, our Bama Football Trivia Contest. My point spread predictions and we'll get it started off with more phone calls in the second hour of the gary harris show on tide 100.9 fm and 1230 a.m wtbc this is an 18 hole championship layout designed by 1976 u.s open champion jerry pate director of golf john gray and fitting specialist bob montgomery are pga certified Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Para. It's the Tide 100.9 30K Workday Payday. Woo! Win cash every weekday 8 to 5. Here's this hour's cash code. 328.
Again, that's 328. The code is 328. Enter that code now on the Tide 100.9 app. Click on the 30K payday button and enter the code for a chance to win $30,000. Always live. Always local. Dependable news coverage. The latest news, only from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. Gene Poole, the owner of Hudson Poole Fine Jewelers in Tuscaloosa. His wife, Jamie, and traveling party are now back in Alabama. They arrived at Birmingham Shuttlesworth at 1 a.m. from Israel. The Walker County Sheriff's Office is holding a press conference this morning to give updates on a case involving human remains found near Bremen. One person is in custody. And Tuscaloosa City School Superintendent Dr. Mike Daria named Alabama Superintendent of the Year. His name will now go forward for the National Award in February. For the latest local news in Tuscaloosa. Bama Sports Updates. And severe weather information. Download the free Tuscaloosa Threat app. Never pay for your news. And sign up for our daily newsletter with news updates. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV. Crimson Tide kickoff. Play-by-play for Alabama sports and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, here we go. It's uh, time for the second hour of the Gary Harris Show here on Tide 100.9 FM, the TGIF edition. We've got a lot coming up in this uh, half hour. We've got Brett Pritchard with the Auburn Report at 1030. Also, that's when we'll run our Bama football trivia contest, that entire segment for that incredible Steve Skipper, Eddie Lacey print. And uh, also my point spread predictions will be coming in the next segment. This hour, though, I have to tell you, is being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union in the hour number one and Patterson Comer Law Firm here in hour number two. Patterson Comer, dedicated to serving our clients. Integrity and excellence are the driving force behind the firm and its staff. I can attest to that. I've used these gentlemen as my attorneys, and I love Paul Patterson and Mike Comer. Feet on the ground right here in West Alabama. You can reach Paul in Tuscaloosa at 205-345-1000 or Mike Comer in Northport at 205 And remember, their commitment to the client does not stop at the end of the workday. They're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. And right now, let's jump out on the First of Maine Condos hotline and talk to Tom. Good morning, Tom. Gary, how are you? Doing all right. Gary. What do you think you're doing? A radio show? Yeah. And not only that, there's other factors in here that I'm going to point them out. Okay. Last week, what did I say? That you were all in on reverse psychology. (laughs) Now, today, we turn on the radio and get ready for the show. And I hear stuff like, well, y'all ain't won in 27 years. Last time y'all won was when Ears Whitworth was the coach <laughs> at Alabama. And, uh, and how long do you think you're going to be able to put up with us beating y'all 27 years in a row? And here you go from reverse psychology, Gary, to rat poison 101. Not at all. Not at all. I just was, I was interviewing an Arkansas guy. And for context, I, I wanted to. 
you know, get his his insight on how fr- – I mean, Alabama fans can't relate. Alabama lost seven in a row to Tennessee and six in a row to Auburn and almost, you know, jumped ship. Can you imagine what it would be like to lose to somebody, you know, 18, 19 times in a row? Gary, hush your mouth. <laughs> Don't you dare put stuff like that out on the air. What's wrong with you? Gary, look, I'm the only one that's supposed to have dementia around here. Now I'm thinking you're catching up with me. <laughs> I, no, I just, uh, I told you all week, I, I, what have I said? The, the Arkansas is a capable football team. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for Arkansas. Right but you're Alabama right should win this. Alabama this should win this up, game. This morning you wake up and you get to the station, you go, you know what? This is a good day for rat boys. I think I'll throw it out there. <laughs> well, why don't you? And why don't you record you record this clip and send it over to the football builder for us, so they'll be all fired up. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. They can go, say, well, you hey, know, they can say we got we got rat poison now. Play this game. You know it, huh? Gary, they, they over at the football building, they'll go. Gary said we ain't got to play this game. We <laughs> we got it won. They ain't won one since Noah failed in Lawrence. <laughs> Well, you know, I, like I said, you know, I don't feel that way about it. I'm, I'm leery of every I opponent, know. man. But I, and I not have some. But <laughs> hey, but you not, but you and I both know this. I mean, it's true. I mean, this in this league, um, and where the where Arkansas is at right now, man, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna let it fly they're come dangerous. Saturday morning. There's no doubt about that. They're dangerous. Yeah, I they're agree. Dangerous. And uh, you know, y'all were talking about the game we lost to uh, Coach Danny Ford when he was over there. And uh, I remember that day because I was in the north end zone on the track, you know, that goes around the field. And uh, and I was down there just watching warm-ups and all like that. And he he wasn't on the field. And uh, and it, it just and it was no defensive lineman on the field for Arkansas. And Coach Dubose and his staff they were all down there on that end, kind of milling around. And uh, and then when uh, Coach Ford finally run out, uh, they, what they had been doing, they were standing around there wanting to speak to him, right? And uh, and so he run out, and he was reluctant to shake their hand. And uh, uh, and, and he had all of the Arkansas defensive linemen with him. Mm. And uh, when they come out of the tunnel uh, uh, for warm-ups, and, and, and he just barely shook their hands. And all like that, then went on out there for the warm-up. But that defensive line that he brought in there that day, now I don't know who they were. I couldn't tell you one of them's name. But I'm here to tell you, Gary, they played the game with their life that day. Yeah, yeah, I remember it too. You're right, sure did. And I was so dead-gum aggravated with our team that day, I did not know what to do. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you know how it is when you lose. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah. It's, you know, I'm dealing with it but, with uh, uh, I'm dealing with the Braves. Uh, it was a long time. It was a long time that I that I got over, you know, not just uh, got over my dislike for Danny Ford. Yeah, he yeah, and he was a Bama guy. <laughs> he was a Bama guy. But I'm oh, dealing yeah. with it with the Braves. But the, I'm, I'm dealing with it right now, Tom. The Braves have just left me, um, you know, just well, Gary, left me heartbroken. I, I told you last year. I told you last year. That hitting coach for the Philadelphia Phillies, he don't play. And he, he's got them. They swing the bat better than anybody I've ever seen. 
Well, they're hitting a the baseball against the Braves. They absolutely just uh, annihilated it. Look it up. Look it up. Hey, I, I, I talked to Coach Sanderson about him yesterday. He had never heard of him. But that, I, I, when I saw that interview with A-Rod about him being, you know, I told you about it last year. Yeah, he did. About him being the, the greatest hitting coach of all time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I looked it up. I researched it. My God, I tell you what, this guy's got, he's got some uh, stuff going for him. And, uh, but anyway, if you get a chance to look it up, research it. It's an interesting read on his career. I'll do it. I know they uh, got, like you said, they got all that. A lot of those guys on that staff got those Yankee ties because they came over with Joe Girardi, and um, yeah, that's a pretty good place to uh, to research. Hey, thank you, Tom. All right, buddy, you take care. Thanks. All right, ten minutes after the hour of ten o'clock here on the program, and. Um, we're open for phone calls on the first of main condos hotline, 205-342-9904. In the next segment, my Alabama and SEC point spread predictions. Now, remember, I'm coming off a 5-1 and one week, which after struggling quite a bit, got me to 500 on the season. And had I went ahead and taken Alabama, I would have been 6-0. and oh. But you got to try to, you know, just like a football team's got to try to stack some wins to get their season going, I need to stack some point spread winners here on my picks to get to get my season going. So week seven has got some really tough games, too, I think, to pick. Remember, the way I do it is I only pick SEC games. I don't pick outside of the conference. not like I go around cherry-picking three or four games. I pick every SEC game that has a point spread. So there's six of them this week, and I'm going to pick them coming up on, on the other side of the break. Also want to mention that um, NFL – news. Uh, I just, I don't know how you feel about it, Justin. Ever since the Thursday night game has gone to the stream only, I I have a hard time keeping up with it. I mean, I I don't, I hate it. It's not on over-the-air television. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have a stream for the, I guess it's Amazon Prime, right? I can't get it. I'm at the TV station last night, and I just had to occasionally check the score. The Chiefs beat the Broncos 19-8, to but did you see, and I'm going to, we're going to run it in the next segment. I'll put it, the, the exchange that Steve Smith, the former Panthers wide receiver, the analyst now for the NFL Network, had with Jerry Judy, or what he said the exchange they had, and Smith blasted the former Alabama wide receiver who's on the trading block. We're, we're going to play that for you in the next segment. It's uh, Steve Smith had a couple of rants about Judy. If you want to look them up, Justin, they both were strong. I mean, they were um, – you could probably just search it on Twitter, Steve Smith, Jerry Judy – I got mixed feelings about it. You know, you're an analyst, but you had been critical of Judy. But to blast a player like that when you're a former player and an analyst on TV, I thought it was a little out of bounds. But uh, we'll play it for you. But anyway, the Chiefs play, won the game 19 day. The Broncos' offense right now is is miserable. Uh, <laughs> I don't know any other way to, to put it. Um, Judy's not having a good year, but a lot of it has to do with the fact that the quarterback last night Russell Wilson went 13 of 22 for 95 yards, one TD, and two interceptions. I mean, that's a quarterback rating of uh, 46.6. That's bad. You can't throw for 100 yards. I mean, it just, and Judy, three catches for 14 yards. You know, that's not going to get it. And as a result, the Broncos are one and five. And, a lot of hoopla with Sean Payton coming in this year, but right now that's a, a bad football team. All right, 13 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. Uh, we're going to get to the break. Before we do, though, I want to uh, mention to you something. Hey, Justin, make a note of this. Next Friday morning, 
I'm going to be doing the show live at Brick and Spoon to get us ready for the uh, the Tennessee game. Brick and Spoon, downtown Timerson Square. So I'm looking forward to that and uh, great food. So come on by. Make a note next Friday, the Gary Harris Show. At least I'll be here. I don't know. Justin may have to be back here probably in the control room. But I'll be out there um, doing the show Friday from Brick and Spoon. So we're looking forward to that. All right, let's get to the break. We'll come back with uh, this audio that I'm talking about from Steve Smith blasting Jerry Judy on a couple of different occasions last night on NFL Network. Also, my SEC point spread picks all coming up in the next segment. Keep it dialed in right here to Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC, West Alabama's only sports talk stations. We're back after this. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into for... If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy and cool today and tonight. Only a slight chance of a shower. The high today, 68. The low tonight, 60. Tomorrow becoming mostly sunny. The high, 76. Sunday, much cooler. Cloudy at times. A few sprinkles possible. The high, 63. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 68 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Catch every game and every moment right here. This is your home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And then he repeated it. So I'll say it again. I'm sorry that I said you were a jag, just a guy who's an average wide receiver that use a first-round pick on that isn't doing anything. I hope today that you actually show up in a way that you haven't showed up in the last couple years since they drafted you. So if you ever got a problem with Agent 89, I'm sorry for saying that you're an average wide receiver that they eventually will move on. And when teams call me and asking, should they trade for you? I will say no, don't trade for Jerry Judy because he's mentally unable to handle constructive criticism from people who watch specifically, can he be a wide receiver? He could be a wide receiver. He's a tier three. Go back into the studio. I'm done now. Thank you. Red. Steve Smith Sr., the uh, former Panthers wide receiver, NFL great, now on the NFL Network. And he didn't stop there. They went back to him, and he just eviscerated Jerry Judy some more. All right, here's the deal. Jerry Judy, the former Bama wide receiver, number one pick of the Broncos, uh, dealt with some injuries, has flashed at times, but Smith had been critical of Judy. And Smith's version, outside of what you just heard, was, according to Fox Sports, that he thought that the last time he watched Judy that he played better and he was quoted as saying when I saw him he's playing well I wanted to say to him face to face like hey I know I said some things in the past I probably shouldn't have and I'm sorry that's what I wanted to say to him his response was ninja and I'm using the word ninja I don't mess with you there was a curse word there Um, but Judy evidently According to Smith, as you just heard, from what I read, did not reciprocate that and just said, you know, 
word. Leave me alone. Don't fool with me. Um, so after Judy's reply, as you heard, Smith unleashed. So, so I'll say it again. I'm sorry I said you were a jag, just a guy who's an average wide receiver they use the first-round pick on that isn't doing anything. I hope today that you actually show up in the way that you haven't showed up in the last couple of years since they drafted you. Uh, and you heard him say he, you know, he considers Judy a tier three wide receiver. Judy was the 15th overall pick out of Alabama three years ago. And um, has not had the career that he had hoped to have. He's yet to surpass 1,000 yards receiving. But at the same time, he's been on a team that hasn't been good. And they brought Russell Wilson in. Um, and Russell Wilson has struggled. So there's more to it than just Jerry Judy. But that's that's what we're seeing more and more of, Justin, with all these former players now as analysts. They feel, I think, that they have the right to criticize since they played the game. Do you know what I'm saying? And normal analysts or people who don't play the game probably are a little hes- less hesitant. But when it comes from a former player, I think it cuts more than if it comes from you know, a Stephen A. Smith or a Skip Bayless or one of these guys that that's what they do is to scream and yell. And I think Judy obviously was offended by it. Now, we're only hearing Steve Smith's version. I haven't heard Jerry Judy's version of what he said after the game if he was asked about it at all. Well, and knowing how Steve Smith played as a player, how his attitude was as a player, I could see I'm if this happened to him when he was a player, I could see him reacting the same way. Um, and I think you're right, Gary. Former players being a little over um, critical of guys that are in the league now. When when you know these guys are out, they haven't played for a, a, a long time, and just trying to keep themselves relevant to the game. Let's see here. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to try to straighten my picks out again. Chuck's texted me again saying he's got me at four and two. Chuck, I don't have time to text you, so listen to this. The only loss I had last week was was Alabama. I had Georgia, they covered. I had LSU, they covered. I had Arkansas, they covered. I had Florida, they covered. And I had Mississippi State, and they covered. That's five and one by my by my count. So hopefully you're listening. I, I don't know where you have me four and two. Uh, Mississippi State covered. Did they not? Did Mississippi State cover, Justin? And I'll look it up real quick. They were laying 20 and a half. And... Um, Let's see here. I'm going to go back and check it one more time. But Mississippi State won. No, there it is. That's right. They did not cover. So I missed. All right, Chuck. Just, just, just keep keeping me in line because I didn't. I'm, you know, when I make these mistakes, they're not on purpose. I thought Mississippi State had covered, but they did not. They won 41 to 28, and they laid. Um, they laid. Uh, what did they lay? Uh, 20 to five. Uh, 20.5. So, yep, four and two. I'm corrected again. All right, Chuck, just stay, just keep watching it every week because evidently I can't add. All right, let's get to the picks for this week. All right, I'm four and two last week. So, um, not five and one. All right, let's get to it this week. All right, Arkansas at Alabama. Alabama laying 19 and a half. I picked this game on Tuesday night uh, on Tider Insider TV, so I'm going to stay with my score. Ironically, I have it 35 16, which is Bama. Um, 
by by 19, and the line's 19 and a half. So that means I'm taking Arkansas plus the points. But I got it right there. So 35-16, I got Bama. Auburn and LSU is a tough one for me because LSU certainly has the offense to get away from from Auburn. But I think Auburn's offense coming off a of bye week might be able to score some points against LSU's defense. So I'm going to take the 11 here. I'm going to take Auburn plus the 11. I like what I saw from Auburn against Georgia. A&M at Tennessee. Man, this is a tough one. I, this is a really tough game to handicap for me. I, a lot of me wants to say A&M is, you know, from the West Division. I think the West is better than the East. Their defensive line could... Uh, could get to Milton, but Tennessee is at home. They're laying in wait. They're only a field goal favorite. I'm going to take the balls here. Florida at USC, the Gamecocks are laying two. I'm going to take Florida plus the two. I think they win it outright. Georgia at Vandy, I think Georgia's now hitting on all cylinders. Uh, that's a lot of points to lay on the road, 31 and a half, but it's not enough. I think Georgia wins this one. I think they hang 50 plus on Vandy. I got Georgia laying the 31 and a half and another really, really, really tough game is Missouri at Kentucky. Kentucky was awful at Georgia. Missouri lost at home to LSU. Missouri's explosive on offense. Kentucky's going to try to run the ball, but Kentucky's at home. They're laying less than a field goal. Stoops has been really good in these kind of games. And so I'm going to go with Kentucky laying the two and a half. So to recap here, I've got Arkansas plus the 19 and a half, just barely, because I picked it 35-16. I've got Auburn plus the 11. I've got Tennessee minus the three. Florida plus the two. Georgia minus 31 and a half. And Kentucky minus two and a half. All right. Four and two this past week, which means that I'm back under 500 because I had myself as five and one. And uh, But maybe I'll follow up a pretty good week at four and two with another good week. This week in week seven, we shall see. So, um, Justin, I may have to turn you over in charge of these picks because I can't seem to get them right. I've, I've uh, not in terms of my picks, but just in terms of the math that I'm doing because I'm writing them down on a sheet of paper at the old school way and circling my winner. And uh, I had me as five and one this week, and there's another week that, that I was wrong that Chuck corrected me on too. So, um but six games this week, and should be pretty easy to keep up with all SEC versus SEC. But we shall see. All right, I was I was I got that text from Chuck, and I started worrying about my picks, and I forgot to make my final point on Steve Smith and Jerry Judy. But I think these players, these current players, when they are attacked by a former player, it stings more than if it's some guy that's just paid to get up on the radio or TV and just kind of yell and give hot takes. So Judy took it rough, obviously, but I would be anxious to hear his side of it. Uh, and I may try to look for some information there to see if he had any kind of uh, comeback to what Steve Smith said last night on the air on the NFL Network. I know Judy and uh, other players were available after the game last night, and I don't know what um, what Jerry Judy said, if anything. Um I thought I remember seeing that he said something to just the effect that he didn't talk to Steve Smith. I think that's maybe what he had said, Justin, was he didn't have a, a you know, he claims, I, I think I read that he didn't have an exchange with, with Steve Smith. But um, 
Steve Smith certainly thinks they did. So I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see what happened. I know Jerry Judy was dancing around behind Steve Smith in the pregame, uh, bouncing around behind him while they were on camera. I did see that video. Yeah, here's the quote from Jerry Judy. Uh, I don't remember that, Jerry Judy, on what happened with Steve Smith Sr. of the NFL Network before the game with the Chiefs. So I don't think he's being necessarily 100% honest there, but he did say that uh, I don't remember that. All right, it is 1027 here on the Gary Harris Show. Make it 1028. All right, we're going to get to our break. Now listen to me. Here's what we're going to do when we come back. Noah is in the building. Uh, We're going to interview Brett Pritchard from the Auburn Blitz, but we're also going to give out the Bama football trivia question, and then we're going to start qualifying 205-342-9904. Noah, explain how they can do it on the app real quick. Yeah, so just uh, on our Tide 100.9 app, in the upper right corner, there's a little, like, chat icon. Just click on that, and if you haven't already made an account, make one, and uh, then send us a message with the answer, and we'll be looking at them, and we'll let you know if you got the wrong answer. All right, so Bama trip football trivia coming up, the Auburn report coming up. We're going to be busy on the phones. Also, download that app, and uh, the chance to win this beautiful Steve Skipper, uh, the Process Unleashed print, hand-signed by... Skipper the Artist and Eddie Lacey. Um, And that is um, coming up in the next segment. So, all right, let's get to the break, and we'll come back with the Auburn Report and Bama Football Trivia next right here on the Gary Harris Show. Hey, Bama. Bring University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 1032, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. You hear Eye of the Tiger because we're about to get to the Auburn Report with Brett Pritchard. Um, but also, before we do that, this is the contest segment. So we are ready to go. Bama football trivia again. You are trying to get qualified for that beautiful um, special edition. Only 50 of them hand-signed by the artist Steve Skipper and by former Alabama running back Eddie Lacy. Pencil signed. The... Uh, Process Unleashed, Alabama's 42-14 win over Notre Dame to win the 2012 BCS National Championship game. And, uh, oh, boy, I'm a multi-test. Fridays are busy around here. I got to give them the answer. So let me type this in the box while we're before I do before I do the question so they'll know the answer. Uh, but um, we're going to get to the question now. But that's what you're trying to qualify to win. We'll draw for it in the next uh, segment. Phone lines are going to be open this entire segment. And also, again, you can send your answer in on the app. But here, let me give you a little context. We mentioned Alabama, Nick Saban being 16-0 and against Arkansas as the head coach at Alabama. Listen to this. Since Saban got to Alabama in 2007, this is how many head coaches Arkansas has run through. And Brett's listening, too. I don't know if he knows he's, if he's aware of this. Houston Nutt started the 2007 season. Reggie Herring finished it as an interim. Bobby Petrino came in. John L. Smith. Brett Bielema, Paul Rhodes was an interim in 2017. Chad Morris, debacle. Barry Looney, uh, Lenny Jr. was an interim in 2019 after Morris was out. And now Sam Pittman. So that's a lot of head coaches <laughs> since 2007, either as full-time coaches or interim coaches. But here's my question. Of course, Coach Bryant is, you know, the winningest all-time head football coach at the University of Alabama. We know that. But an iconic coach at Arkansas that won a national championship is the winningest head coach in Arkansas history. That's our question. Who is the winningest 
head football coach in Arkansas football history. And by winningest, I don't mean percentage. I mean the most wins. So I know when you start trying to look this up, if you go for percentage, uh, you might not get it correct. But it's the most wins. Which Arkansas football coach, former football coach, has the most wins in Arkansas Razorback history? The all-time winningest Arkansas head football coach in terms of total wins. That's our question. Call now, 205-342-9904, 205-342-9904. That's the phone number to the First Domain Condos hotline. You can also send in your answer through the Tide 109 app. And right now we're jumping out on one of the lines that we've got blocked out, which may be why you want to get in on the app because we got one phone, less phone line because I'm going to be talking with Brett Pritchard from the Auburn Woods. All right, Brett, did you realize how many coaches Arkansas has run through in the last 16 years? Well, I, I knew it was quite a few. <laughs> you knew it was a lot. <laughs> when broke, yeah, when you broke it down like that, uh, it's kind of out. So uh kind of makes our coaching carousel around these parts not seem so Oh, bad. you you pale in comparison to that. I'll tell you this, if uh, and if Pittman doesn't get turned around, he might be they might have another coach next year, man. So Well, you know, I you know, since you brought Arkansas up, we we actually talked about this on our show this week and you know, there was a lot of hype around Sam Pittman after the first year, and everybody felt like he kind of fit their mold. And you know, Arkansas, and I think Nebraska, and some of these 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 schools that have historically been pretty good, uh, they're struggling now. Uh, and you know, I, I heard uh, you know a couple of guys talking on uh, talk radio a couple of weeks ago talking about Nebraska and uh, you know how the fall from grace really from where they were and. and kind of the disadvantages of, of of what they have to deal with now versus some of these other schools and kind of being out in the middle of nowhere and, you know, facilities maybe yeah. not being up to speed. And there's just all kind of things that, you know, I guess you can sit back and think you're going to be dominant forever. And then, you know, I, I, if you'd have told me in the mid-90s Nebraska would be a shell of its former self in 2020, tw- you know, 2023, I would have told you it would have been crazy. But, you know, Arkansas is just one of those places, Gary, I think they're always going to struggle to find it, no matter who the coach is. They're just going to struggle because of the way the, the conference is lined up, the way things are stacked against them. And now you got Texas and Oklahoma coming in, so it's not going to get easier. You're right; it's no. a, it's 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 a challenge. But that's why I think that's a good trivia question because they've and they've had some su- successful head coaches. But mm-hmm. the guy, of course, we're asking about is uh, is their most iconic coach. So those folks are busy answering that question. We're going to talk uh, Auburn and LSU first of all. Uh, coming off the the really fourth quarter tough loss against Georgia. You feel like the bye week came at a good time for Auburn. You feel like that they were able to get some stuff done uh, in that week that they were idle. You know, I, I think so. Hearing what Coach Freeze talked about this past week, and um, you know, again, uh, we we knew this four game stretch here was going to be really tough. Uh, it probably the toughest stretch in the whole season, and uh, go on the road and you know, offensive woes against Texas A and M showed their head, and still had a chance in that game. Uh, defense played well. Uh, it was close to the end, and uh, Texas A and M was able to put it away, but. You come back home and you play Georgia, and you know if you gave yourself odds on those four games, you would give yourself the least amount of odds probably to win that game. But just because Georgia is Georgia right now, but you know Auburn kind of controlled that game, Gary, uh, for for three quarters, and you felt good about your you know your situation going into the latter part of the game. And Auburn had two or three opportunities uh, to make some plays that maybe would have won the game that they weren't able to make, you know. Uh, and, and so, but you played well, you know, you don't have moral victories, but 
I don't think anybody was really giving Auburn a chance at the preseason uh, to, to compete with Georgia. Uh, and they had them on the ropes at home. So uh, <clears throat> got those two games out of the way. Now you got these next two. Uh, you got to go on the road to a place you've only won once in the last 20-plus years. You did that a couple of years ago. And, you know, it was a crazy good effort by mm-hmm. Bo Nix uh, to, to win that game. Uh, and then you got Ole Miss next week. Uh, and so – you think if you can get one of these games, you're you're going to set yourself on a path to, to possibly win eight football games. You can still win eight games, but you're going to have to get one of these these two games because then you have a stretch that's very manageable that has <clears throat> Arkansas, Mississippi State, uh, Vanderbilt, uh, New Mexico State sandwiched in there before you play uh, Alabama. So uh, would love to see Auburn at least get one of these next two. And if somehow you can go on the road and your defense continues to play well and you find any kind of offense to stay with LSU and happen to win both of these two games, man, you're looking at, I think, overachieving from from the standpoint of where you looked at it from preseason. Yeah, I think it's a really good synopsis because I just did my point spread predictions in the last segment. I took Auburn plus the the 11 here simply because I think if you go down through history, Auburn and LSU have played really close games. And I think you summed it up. It's going to come down. Can uh, Auburn's defense has been pretty good, but this is an explosive offense. Can Auburn's offense score enough points uh, to give themselves a chance? Because even as if Auburn plays good defense, you've got to think LSU is going to get, you know, in the upper twenties, just based on what they've done this year. So I think that's the question uh, that has to be answered. Don't you Brett is that can Auburn, can Auburn's offense generate enough points to give them a chance, you know, give themselves a chance to win this game. Yeah, I think that really sums it up. I think that's what it boils down to. And I think Peyton Thorne, as, as Coach Free said this week, is getting better, uh, making some improvements. And, you know, the wide receivers have just got to step up and make plays. Uh, in that Georgia game and the Texas A&M game, I know Peyton Thorne, you know, didn't play a perfect game. But when Auburn had a chance to make some plays and when he made some really good throws, Auburn had receivers drop the football. And – in big games against really good football teams, especially on the road like you'll have in Baton Rouge, uh, you got to execute. you got to make every opportunity count. And so there'll be opportunities uh, tomorrow night that Auburn will have to make plays. Can these wide receivers finally take the next step and, and make a catch to kind of keep a drive going or make a catch to, to score a touchdown? But uh, that that seems to be the most efficient area of the offense right now. Auburn's running the football really well. We talked about that on our show this week. You know, I don't think this offensive line is a bad offensive line because Auburn's third in the conference and running the football. They're averaging about 200 yards a game running the football. Uh, I know that mixes in the quarterback runs and all too, but I think they're physical. I think where the, the problem is is communication on pass blocking. And I don't think it's because they're not physical. It's because of miscommunication and misassignments. And you saw that several times against Georgia where guys just whiffed or they were out of position and guys came free and Peyton Thorne had to either take a sack or throw the ball away. So I think if this offensive line can get better with their pass blocking and this and these wide receivers can improve, I think Auburn will, will you know, obviously continue to get better and have a chance to, to win some games that they probably – weren't given a chance to win at the beginning of the year. All right, the flip side to Auburn's offense needing to generate some points in this game is the fact that LSU's defense has struggled mightily to the point 
Brett, that they gave up 39 against Mizzou. I, they won the game. Now, I get that. But they gave up 39 against Mizzou, and I heard a lot of talk this week that their defense was improved. Um, so if that's the case, then, you know, they really have been bad. But they have been bad, and and it's, it's, it's a head-scratcher. Now, I know they've had some issues with coaches having to take leave and that type of thing, but um, – if you're Auburn, you're, you're you're saying this would be a good game for our offense to get healthy. And if you're LSU, I guess you're saying, you know, we got to get get better there. What have you seen from the LSU defense, and, and why do you think they've struggled the way they have, particularly with some of the athletes that they have on that side of the ball, including Harold Perkins, who's not having the kind of year that he had as a freshman? Yeah, I don't think anybody has an answer. Uh, you look down at the stats, and uh, they're dead last against the run in the, in, the, in, in the SEC, and they're next to last against the pass. So, uh, you're right. Uh, if, if you're looking for a team to try to get off the mat with your offense, this is it. I mean, they they rank last in those categories for a reason, and they are giving up a boatload of points. And uh, Jaden Daniels and the offense <clears throat> are the reason that LSU's sitting where they are because they've just been able to outscore teams. And, you know, you looked at it against Ole Miss. It came up a little bit short, but they were right there knocking on the door to try to win that game too with offense. But – you're right. I think everybody coming into this season thought Harold Perkins was going to be, you know, just out of this world. And, you know, he's still a great player, but the pieces around him obviously aren't getting it done. So, you know, Auburn's strength is running the football. And if Auburn can control the, the clock, if Auburn can keep the ball out of Jaden Daniels' hands and sustain drives and actually score points when they get in the red zone, could make it very interesting. I think you've got to limit possessions for LSU. You know, you can't come out and have three and outs and, you know, give up bad field position and, and, and give them a short field. It could get ugly on the road, especially in Baton Rouge. But I think uh, if Auburn can play to its strengths and run the football and use the play action and, and throw the football and be efficient and actually execute in the passing game, I think Auburn's going to be able to move and score some points. So who are you picking? <laughs> well, that's a, that's the, the, the million dollar question, right? <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, let, let's just be honest. I think the call, I think it's going to be tough to win. I, I think Auburn's going to play them very, very close. I, I don't think this is going to be a lopsided win just for the fact of the things that you just reeled off, Gary, with LSU that just can't stop anybody. And, you know, they, they give up a ton of points. So, you know, I, I think LSU probably ends, wins the game in the end. But I think if Auburn can make some plays, again, in the passing game, I think they can make it interesting in the fourth quarter and have a chance to win. But uh, I would love to say this team has arrived to a point where they can go on the road and get a big win, but I'm just not sure this roster can yet. Around the, the conference, uh, I want to get your opinion on the divisions again. And, of course, we know the future it won't be an issue. But uh, I still feel like that, that the West is just is just so much tougher than the East. I mean, you you saw Auburn um, take number one ranked Georgia down to the wire, and then you saw Georgia, you know, and I know they were at home, but playing Kentucky, who was really ready supposedly to make their move, and fifty one thirteen LSU, which you know can't stop running water, goes into Columbia Como and finds a way to beat Missouri. I still just think, and this this is nothing against Georgia; they're really good. They've proven that. But my gosh, if you if you could swap any of these teams in the West and put them in the East, I think they would they would look better. I just I still think the East is an you know a notch below the West. I wonder if you agree. 
Top uh, to bottom. Yeah, I mean, I, well, obviously George is, you know, two-time defending national champs, but you're right. Uh, when you look at the whole body of work, uh, I think the West top to bottom is a better better side. And, uh, I mean, you look at Auburn that's supposedly down this year, been very competitive. Uh, obviously Alabama uh, is not the Alabama a lot of people have been, you know, seeing over the last five or six years, but still sitting right there leading the West. And but like Jalen Milrow got better on the road against A&M. And, you know, A&M, for all its faults, uh, still very scrappy, still very good as far as their roster. Um, and LSU, like you mentioned, kind of an anomaly on defense, but one of the best offenses in the country. You don't get that over in the East. I mean, you're right. I mean, Kentucky seems like they're in this situation every single year. I think they either go into the Georgia game with one loss or undefeated every year to seem to get their doors blown off. So they can't get over the hump. And I think maybe Georgia, hearing all the media this past week and kind of doubting them, maybe being the number one team after their performance on the road had a had a little point to make. And, uh, you know, they, they showed up at home and really stuck into Kentucky. But, you know, Tennessee, everybody kind of thought, uh, last year they would just build and get better, but you can see that they've got plenty of faults of their own. So um, I think overall, Gary, the, the conference just is down. Uh, you know, Alabama's been so dominant for so long, um, and, and Alabama's still got a good football team, but people are looking at their situation on offense going, well, maybe they're, you know, maybe they're vulnerable here and there. There's just an overall perception of the SEC just not being as powerful as it has been over the last – five to ten years so uh creates a lot more parity i think the transfer portal has something to do with that and uh i think we'll continue to see that over the next several years all right before we close out the segment uh high school um and i hadn't really talked to you about benjamin russell but but you do their games and, and they've got a pretty good football team and you know in this weird setup we have with these regions you're in there with a lot of you know all these birmingham area teams but a huge win for your um for your Wildcats last night against Pelham, 41-14? It was. Uh, it was the state game of the week on, on uh, uh, WOTM. And, you know, uh, this, this team is extremely talented on offense. Uh, but the, the, the part of the team that I'm the most proud of is defense. They, they had to replace eight guys, so they got eight new starters. They're starting two freshmen on the defensive line in 6A football, uh, which is almost unheard of, but Caleb Spivey, Gary, is a guy that everybody's going to know about. He just received an offer uh, this past week from Auburn. I think he'll get an offer from every SEC school. Uh, he plays defensive end. He's already got about 50 tackles on the year. He doesn't look like a freshman. Uh, extremely smart kid. A uh, kid that everybody would want on their team. And then, you know, you look over on the offensive side and you got several four- and five-star guys potentially. Um, you know, a Sedarian Morgan kid that's a sophomore that I think every SEC team will want. He's 6'4", 215-pound wide receiver, but I think he'll project to play defense, uh, probably defensive end because he's still got a lot of growing to do. You got Malcolm Simmons, who's committed to Auburn. Uh, he scored three touchdowns in the first half last night, and he just, when he goes on the field, you can tell he's the best player on the field, and he's got game-changing speed, and it doesn't matter where he is on the field, he feels like he's going to score every time he touches the ball. And I don't know exactly what the stat is right now, but it's something to where I think he scores a touchdown 40% of the time he touches the football, which is just unreal. And uh, 
got a big time quarterback in Gabe Benton. I think will end up uh, signing with a with a good college and you know somebody that's six four, six five, weighs two hundred and twenty pounds back there throwing the football. So this team is dynamic on offense and they've improved on defense because of the youth. So yeah, big win over Pelham last night to kind of vault themselves into second place in the in the uh, the region and hopefully set up a a winner take all in a couple of weeks with Helena coming to town. Real quickly, do, 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 do you guys like uh, sitting there on Lake Martin being in in a, in a region with Briarwood, Clear, Chilton County, Helena, Homewood, and Pelham? Um, and good teams, and, and but you're kind of kind of an outlier there. Do you do you like that? I, I don't have a problem with it. You know, we've had a history with Briarwood over the past uh, when we both were in five A uh, back in the early two thousands. They had some good teams. We had some good teams, and so we're used to playing Briarwood. Helena's been a good a good game for us the last several years. So, yeah, I, I think we're okay with, with playing those teams. We're used to them now. Good stuff. All right, man. Great uh, update as always. Auburn Butch coming up at noon. Yep, up at noon. We'll have Jason Caldwell on from uh, inside the Auburn Tigers to discuss uh, tomorrow's game. And then we're going to start talking a little bit about basketball too. So, uh, it's right here on the horizon. Auburn had a scrimmage last yesterday. And, uh, so maybe next week, Gary, we can talk a little basketball too. All right, shoot me a text on Arkansas's winning this coach. You've won. I know you'd love an opportunity to win that uh, that uh, the process unleashed uh, Eddie Lacy print to put on your wall. Oh man, I'd, I'd like you to go ahead and ship it to me now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, pal. Have a good weekend. All right. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. All right. It. It's uh, 1051. Uh, we are winding it down, uh, but uh, we've got to take the break. And then we come back on this side. Phone lines shut down a little earlier than I expected, to be honest with you. But you listen, we'll keep them open during the break. I'll give the question one more time in case you want to call in over the next couple more minutes. Arkansas's winningest head football coach. Who is it? And in terms of number of total wins, that's the uh, that's the question. So, um Give you a couple more minutes, 205-342-9904. I'm a little surprised. Of course, I know last week with the Jalen Milrow ball, uh, uh, football, we, we were expecting heavy numbers and we got them. But I thought the city Lacey print, boy, as beautiful as it is, uh, limited a special edition, signed and numbered, would uh, light the phone lines up. But a little slow this week. We'll give you a couple more minutes. Who's Arkansas's winningest all-time head football coach in terms of total wins? And uh, we'll keep the phone lines open a couple more minutes, 205-342-9904. But then when we come back, we're going to shut them down. We're going to get the total. We're going to roll the roulette wheel, and we're going to get a winner, and I'll give you the answer. Here, that phone line's lighting up again, so we'll get some more qualifiers. We'll be back after this. Catch Christian and Corey Miller every weekday here on Tide 100.9. Coming up tomorrow on the Miller's Edge, it is Prediction Friday. Give us a call. Give us your score prediction and keys to the game with a chance to win a Miller's Edge hat and or a T-shirt. We got a lot coming up tomorrow on the Miller's Edge. Tune in 11 to noon to hear Christian and Corey Miller break down everything from college to the pros on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama sports. Yeah! Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy and cool today and tonight. Only a slight chance of a shower. The high today, 68. The low tonight, 60. Tomorrow becoming mostly sunny. The high, 76. Sunday, much cooler. Cloudy at times. A few sprinkles possible. The high, 63. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 69 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, we're winding it down. Uh, we're going to try to get Aaron on real quick. Aaron, if you're still there, man, I hate to rush you, but you got about a minute to make your point. That, that'll work, yeah. Are we on? Yes, sir. 
right. Anyway, uh, I, uh, I was hoping that they would have a, let each SEC school on their football program football games designate one game as a special game dealing with the with the television people and then with that special game it would not go on at 11 o'clock it would not go on television at eight o'clock so it could be on at 2 30 could be on at three it could be on at six but uh do it in such a way that it will not be an 11 o'clock and not be an eight o'clock game at ever Everybody gets to designate one like that. What do you think? I think it's a great idea, Aaron. I don't think it's going to happen. Television's going to continue to, as long as they're paying the kind of money they're paying, they're going to dictate when you play, unfortunately. But I think it's a good idea. Hey, have a great weekend, my friend. All right, thank you. Yes. Appreciate it. Enjoy the show. Yes, sir. All right, we're almost out of time. Let's do our trivia. The question was, who is Arkansas's all-time winningest coach? And not in terms of percentage, because I think Lou Holtz and Ken Hatfield and maybe a couple of others had a higher percentage, but it's the legendary Frank Broyles. He won 144 games, lost 58, tied five between 1958-1976, and split the national championship with Coach Bryant in Alabama in 1964. So Frank Broyles is the answer. How many qualifiers we wind up with, Noah? 36. Wow, I Justin asked me, I think now the all-time record was 38, but 36 is right there. So Frank Broyles was the answer. We got 36 qualifiers. Spin that roulette wheel. What's the number? Uh, Brian, uh, I don't have his last name. C, Brian C. C. Yeah, that's one that qualified through me. Okay, I've got his number. Congratulations, Brian. You're going to love this print, my friend. Uh, It is gorgeous. Thanks to everybody that qualified. I know we got to wrap it up and uh, have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday. Brian is our winner. And uh, this print now, I'm telling you, it is something special. But we'll do it again next Friday, courtesy of T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. We got to get out of here, make way for Miller's Edge. For Noah and, and Justin, I'm Gary. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. You know! 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. If you're a homeowner or business